Hello, and welcome to the podcast for Neighborhood Church. This message was given by Larry Vold. Listen, take your uh, sermon outline there in your bulletin, and let's uh, find our way to the Gospel of John, please. The Gospel of John. You'll find that on page 1650. If you're looking in that book rack Bible, we're in John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Has it been cold enough for you this week? Hmm. I have a sister who lives in Minnesota. She thinks I'm a wimp. It's 30 degrees out here. Oh, really? Well, it's 2 degrees back there. So we're in, a, we're in a series we're calling The Light of the World. We're taking four weeks during the season of Advent and consider how the light of Jesus Christ changes everything in our lives. Everyone gets excited about lights at Christmas. Have you seen lights going up around your neighborhood? Maybe in your house? Yesterday I had a little tree lighting ceremony. Got the tree decorated. A little part of our family tradition. I'll show you the tree. It's a big tree. We have it now for a few years. Here it is. Uh, that's our tree. And, um, <laughs> and, and I unveiled the lighting ceremony. I brought my wife in. I said, are you ready? She said, yes. We turn on the lights. Just to give you a perspective, here's, I'm just putting a finishing touch here with the... Uh, so, yeah, that's it. I love that tree. Saves me so much time. But I love the lights of Christmas. I really do. Lights of Christmas are fun. For me, it's a reminder of what the light really is. It's funny the world joins into the celebration of lights. But for most people in the world, it's just decorations. Just stuff that you take out of a box and you wrestle with. And you get frustrated with, and then you put it up, and then you take it down, and you put it away. But for those of us that know Christ, the lights of Christmas are a reminder of the one true light that has come into the world, right? John chapter 1, verse 9. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, in John 8, 15, 8 uh, 12, and 9, 5. So last week, we looked at this theme of light from the f- standpoint of seeing the light. We asked the question, have you seen the light? And this week we're going to look at what it means to seek the light. And actually as we look at this whole series, I was thinking this is really a picture of our pilgrimage as followers of Christ. Because everything starts with seeing the light. And then by God's grace we seek the light. And then by God's grace we shine the light. And then by his grace we share the light. And that's kind of the series outline that we've been looking at. So seeing the light is where it starts. Today we're going to look at God's grace in helping us to seek the light. We're going to start here in John chapter 3 today. We'll camp out probably for the most part of the sermon or the biggest part of the sermon in this section, but we'll move on to some other places. But in John chapter 3 verses 19 through 21, we read an amazing truth about how this light compels us. And What we're going to learn from this little section of scripture, if you're taking notes, is that the light actually draws us. Say that with me. The light draws us. In fact, follow along as I read beginning in verse 19, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. 
Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. All right, Here, here's why we're going to camp out in this section of the, of the text for a little bit. Here's why. Because did you notice in verse 21 that whoever lives by the truth comes into the light? If you have your own Bible, I'd like you to take a pencil or pen and just underline that little phrase, comes into the light. And this person, the one who comes into the light, is set in contrast to the one in verse 20 who will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So right out of the shoot, we learn that there's two kinds of people in the world. There are people who come to the light and come into the light, and there are people who refuse. And I guess a very pertinent question for your own heart, first of all, just who are you? Are you a person who comes into the light, or are you a person who does not want to come into the light for fear that your deeds will be exposed? Notice further up in the text that Jesus is referring, and whether this is John or Jesus, scholars debate whether these are the words of Christ or the words of the, of the Apostle John as he wrote of this little exchange that took place. But it says in verse 18 that the people that come into the light are people that believe in Jesus, and the people that don't are people that don't believe. They're, they are unbelievers. The, the greatest sin that any of us have ever committed is the sin of unbelief, not believing that Jesus is the Christ. We tend to look at sin as the things that we do in life, but God looks at sin in a much broader category and the greatest sin, the sin that keeps everybody out of heaven, anybody out of heaven, I should say, is the sin of unbelief. It's not the individual sins, per se, that keep us out of heaven. It's it's the sin of unbelief. It's the sin of not trusting that Jesus is the Savior. And this is the beauty of the gospel right here in John chapter 3, is that while all of us have lived in darkness, and we are darkness, the Bible says, that by God's grace alone, he, he opens our eyes to see the light. And once we see the light, according to John 3.21, the person that sees the light comes into the light keeps coming into the light. Why? Because the light draws that person. And this is amazing to me. And the people that don't come into the light or keep coming into the light are people that don't want their deeds to be exposed. Because there's something very fundamental about what light does, and, and that is that it, it exposes. The light exposes us for who we are. I remember when I was a growing uh, new Christian as a young man. I remember hearing sermons and reading my Bible and being convicted about things because I was still a sinner like I was even before I came to know Christ. I was still a sinner, but the difference was I wanted the light of God to expose me for who I am. Not, not always comfortable. Do you understand? Not always comfortable to be exposed to light because light shows us who we are, shows the dark stuff that's in our lives, but we as believers keep coming into the light because we are saying, show us, Lord, show us who we are. But for those that don't know Christ, we, they stay away. They, in fact, the Bible says right here that they actually prefer the darkness than the light. And maybe you know someone that you feel this resistance when you talk about your faith. There's sort of like this shade comes down. Have you ever had that? 
And just like you start sharing a little bit about what God's doing in your life, it's like, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm not communicating anymore. Um, or if you invite people to church, there's sort of this feeling like, oh, you know, well, I like you, but I don't really want to go there. Why? People don't even realize why. The reason why is they, they prefer darkness. We don't want the light to expose us. I remember when I was in high school, um, and like I said, I was a, kind of a new believer. One of, I, I had a job at my local church. I grew up across the bay, a little church in San Mateo, a little Baptist church. And uh, I had a job there at the church being a custodian. Okay, So I had keys to the church. And we had a real growing youth group, lots of kids, lots of people coming to Christ. It was really kind of fun. And one night, uh, the girls were having a sleepover at the church in the youth group. And my friend Ed and I, we decided, since I had keys to the church, let's, let's just go and play a little practical joke. You know? So we, we show up like at 9 o'clock. I mean, we weren't wanting to do anything scandalous or anything. We just wanted to show up and do something goofy. So we, we show up. But, but the weird thing was, the whole church was dark. There was not a light on in the church. And we knew they were there. And so we're kind of walking through these halls, and what's going on? Where are they? And all of a sudden, we hear two girls coming, and they say, we wonder, we, they say to each other, I wonder if they're in here. And all of a sudden, we realize, we played this game in our youth group. Have you ever played the game Sardines before? Anybody? Sardines the opposite of hide-and-go-seek. Sardines is where one person goes, or two people go, and they hide, and then everybody starts looking for that, that person. And then as they find them, they stay in that little place where they are, and thence, hence the name Sardines, because the whole group, whatever size group it is, the game isn't over until everybody has found, see? But you're real quiet, shh, you know? So we realize they're playing Sardines. So we duck into this room. It's the choir room. There's, there's choir robes all around, and I knew this. The lights were out. So I grab my friend Ed, and we get back into this little closet with all these uh, choir robes. And we're thinking we're safe there. And these two girls come in, and they're feeling around, and all of a sudden, I feel this hand on my head. And the girl says to her friend, we found them. They sit down. So now I'm looking at my friend Ed. I can't see him, but I I know we're looking at each other going, what are we going to do? Because we know what's coming. More people are looking, 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 looking. More come in that room, and they start to... We found them. We found them. There's this growing group of girls. And here's the, the kicker. The kicker is we are here for the next 40 minutes. We're hearing every little story of what this girl likes, this guy, and all. We are getting the most incredible information known to a 16-year-old boy. Now, it doesn't matter that our names weren't mentioned in any of those dialogues. doesn't matter. <laughs> but we knew what was coming. In a few minutes, the, the lights were going to go on. Because when the game is over, everybody says, we're all here. We flick on the lights. And so I'll never forget, as long as I live, I'll never forget <laughs> when someone way up in the front of the room said, okay, I think we're all here. And they click on the lights, and there's Ed and I And they went crazy. We barely escaped with our lives. That's when I came to Neighborhood Church. No, I, it was crazy. Now, long, long story, probably way too long, but this, here's, here's the point. The light is going to expose you. The light exposes. 
when you come into church and you hear the gospel being preached and you hear about the need for righteousness in our lives, we know we can't measure up to any of this. We know that we're sinners. We know that we stumble. We know we stumbled coming in here today. When we leave here today, later on we're going to stumble. Some of us are a little bit too into our sports world. And, and if things don't go right with the team that we're choosing today, there's going to be trouble in our spirits. We'll just leave that at that right now. The point is, there's stuff that we're going to stumble in this week. But here's the point. We keep coming back. We keep coming back to God's Word. We keep coming back with God's people. Why? Because we want, we want the light to expose us. That's the beauty of knowing Christ. And watch this. That's the grace of Christ. Because we wouldn't choose that on our own. We, outside of Christ, we choose the darkness, not the light. So if this morning you're leaning in, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. You might be struggling with alcoholism, drug addiction. You might have an issue with pornography. You might have something going on with anger in your life. But you are wrestling and you are asking for the Spirit of God to change your heart. Whatever it is you're struggling with today, whatever there is between you and your relationship with God, listen, you're leaning into that by the grace of God saying, God, change me, transform me. In fact, uh, we'll put this on the screen just to save some time, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Here the Apostle Paul clearly and powerfully compares the supernatural work of creation with the supernatural work of conversion. Watch this. Paul writes, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The supernatural work of creation is compared to the supernatural work of conversion that God out of nothing began his work. When we talk about creation, we say ex nihilo, which means out of nothing, God formed the universe. That's an amazing miracle of God. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created. We serve a creating God, a God that put it all together. And in the same way that God created out of nothing, watch this, he took a life that was darkness, a life that loved darkness, and he brought his light so the person might see his light and come to faith in him. This is all by the grace of God. This is the beauty of the gospel message. And so we, we say as followers of Christ, we say, Lord, continue to shine your light. Now, the way you would see that in your own life, just some things, you put yourself before God's word in a daily way. Why? Because you know Psalm 1.1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he what? He meditates day and night. He comes into the light because he wants the light to expose himself for who he is so that he can draw nearer to his Savior. That's who we are as Christ followers. I love Psalm 19.8. It says that the, the, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. God opens our eyes. He shows us through his word. So if you're coming to the word of God on a daily basis, a regular basis, you're feeding on it, you're learning it, you're growing in it, you're meditating on it, you're memorizing it, that's a great sign that you are coming to the light. And that's what, that's what John's referring to when he says that those who have, who have believed in Jesus come into the light. That what is exposed in their life might be clearly seen that God is doing the work there. That's a beautiful thing. 
I think being around God's people is another, just a simple way to remind us that we're coming into the light. You know, I, I always get worried about people that are Christ followers that start drifting away from, from God's people. And it doesn't mean that they're not Christ followers anymore, but it's ch- the chances are when people drift away from community, drift away from the fellowship of God's people, it's because they've got some darkness issues in their life. They feel shame, they feel disgrace, they don't know how to deal with this kind of stuff. And so they don't want to show up because they, they, they're afraid that the light will expose them. And we said a few weeks ago, this is one of the problems in modern Christian faith, and it's been the case forever, is that we, we would rather pretend that things are just fine, and we sort of put on this fake facade, and we're not really real with each other, and in fact, so much so that when someone is hurting, or they feel like they've fallen into some sin, and they don't know how to get out, they can't talk about it, because we're all perfect, Right? I mean, we don't have any sin problems in our lives, right? No, that's not the case. But sometimes we let on like that, and so people that need to feel that this is a safe place to say, look, I'm struggling. Pray for me. I want to get my life on track in this area. i got this struggle, this struggle, this struggle. I need a safe place to do it. The church sometimes is a sterile environment for that. And so we have to be careful and there's, there's places to kind of air out what's going on in our lives. That's why community is really important. That's why a small group is really important. That's why it's important to be known and know others in ministry so that we can share our lives and be real with each other. But we keep coming into the light, even at the dirty stuff that happens in our lives, because we want God's light to shine on us. Here's the second thing that light does. It not only draws us, but it, it also, we're going to move off of John 3 now, the light also directs us. Say that with me. The light directs us. Um, if you have your Bibles and quickly turn to Exodus, it's an easy place to find because it's the second book in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. Exodus 13. This is interesting because when the children of Israel were being brought out of, out of Egypt, they were crossing the sea. They were going to cross the sea. And, and I love this in chapter 13, verse 20. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord, are you reading with me? Verse 21, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. All the way through the book of Exodus, the children of Israel in their wilderness wanderings were being led by the pillar of fire and the cloud. And the Bible is very clear that the pillar and the fire was not some, you know, mystical energy pack that was going with them. It was the Lord himself. In fact, right here in verse 21, it says, by day the Lord went ahead of them. Over in chapter 14, verse 19, again, the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army. The angel of God. Who is that? We, we learn more of him in chapter 23, verses 20 and 23, where the angel of the Lord is with the children of Israel. The angel of the Lord. They, we studied the angel of the Lord not too long ago, and I suggested to you that all through the Old Testament, whenever you see that word or that phrase, the angel of the Lord, refers to the pre-incarnate Christ. So even before Jesus was born to Mary in Bethlehem, he was, he was very much alive. He's the eternal God, the second person of the Trinity, the triunity of God, and known in the Old Testament oftentimes as the angel of the Lord. Camp, in camps around his people. I love that. It's a beautiful imagery of God's 
power. And so he directs us, just like he directed the children of Israel. Let's read out loud Psalm 78, 14. This refers to that passage in Exodus. Say it with me. He guided them with the cloud by day and the light from the fire all night. I love the fact that God guides us with his light. The light not only draws us, but it it directs us. In one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 119, it's a fairly long chapter, uh, but in Psalm 119, verse 105, we read there that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a what? A light unto our path. It's a beautiful imagery of the way God leads us or directs us with his word, and that's his light. His light is not impersonal. His light is him. I mean, he is the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. When he said, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I'm the one that draws you. I'm the one that directs your life. Anybody here need guiding and direction today? Well, we all do. And the light of truth from his word. I love Proverbs 4, 18 and 19. Would you read this out loud with me together? This is beautiful. Let's read it. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Isn't that powerful? It's like when you're Christ, a, a Christ follower, the light becomes brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. You see everywhere. You just have, you, it's like you got night vision. You can see what other people can't see. You got a picture of of God's glory and power and you can see things that are sin and wrong and we need to stay away from and lots of just God gives us this vision it's beautiful but the wicked the bible says they live in this darkness they 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 the way of the wicked is like deep darkness it says i remember uh, when i was in high school once i went up on a, a snow ski trip with a couple of my friends and we rode in his car this guy named chris and we, we drove up to Dodge Ridge, and we had a full day of skiing. We got back in his car, and on the way home, uh, we didn't know. We were all exhausted. We all fell asleep, and he was driving. And um, we, we didn't know that the alternator on the car went out, and so the battery was driving all the electrical. And if you know anything about cars, which I don't know a lot about, I know this, that if the battery alone is not being recharged, pretty soon everything goes dead. And so we're, we're riding down the freeway, and all of a sudden... I am being jerked all around this car. We are flying around inside the cab, not rolling, but just smashing from side to side. We're up on the side of this mountain. We come back down onto the freeway, across several lanes, and back into the lane we were supposed to be in. And the driver is just shaking, looking straight ahead. And the guy sitting next to me says, are you awake? And he goes, I am now. I mean, he had fallen asleep. And that's because the lights got more and more dim. And he just went out. He, he was just out. And by the grace of God, we, we survived that incident. And I, I look back on that a lot in my mind. The Holy Spirit reminds me of that as a picture of the way life is for a lot of people. They live in darkness and they can't see and they just fall asleep in it. And it's just danger after danger after danger. And why? Why is it? I talk to people all the time who just seem to just always be stumbling in their finances, in their personal life. They can't hold a job. They got personal problems and crisis. I'm talking about people that don't know Christ. And they just always just seem like they're always fumbling around, fumbling around, fumbling around. 
And I try to share the, the simple message of the gospel in hopes that they might find some light and some hope and some truth. But no, no, I don't want that. I need to fix my life. And my life is continually this, this is mess after mess after mess. And I think of Proverbs 4. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. And they don't even know what makes them stumble. Isn't it the grace of God that opens our eyes to see light and then invites us to keep seeking the light? Proverbs 6.23 says that God's commands are a lamp and his teaching is a light. Isaiah the prophet said, Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, Who sees us? Who will know? No, as children of light, we come to the light because the light draws us, the light directs us. And here's something else I learned from the light. The light defends and delivers us. Say that with me. The light defends and delivers us. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 56, 3 and 4, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Anybody freaking out this morning with something? If you are, you need to see the light in your life because God's light defends us and delivers us. Come, O house of Jacob, Isaiah the prophet 2.5 says. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. How good it is to be in the light. I, I walk my dog in my neighborhood. It's about a mile radius where I take her. And when I walk her at night, sometimes, I haven't been doing that lately. It's been a little chilly at night, but she doesn't care. She's got all this hair. It's fine. But anyway. When I walk down this one street in the dark, there's one house there, and it's funny. I think the person probably worked with the CIA or something because I'm within like 75 feet of the yard or, you know, the front door. And as soon as I walk by, there's like this super sensitive motion detector, and boom, you know, it's like I'm like suddenly on a Broadway stage musical, you know. <laughs> and I'm just, I just feel like there's this spotlight on my life. It's like, whoa, even my dog goes like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and I think to myself, wow, that's an incredible security system. I mean, nobody's going to get close to that house. It's incredible. You know, it's amazing how light pushes the darkness away. You know, all the crime that happens at night, and why do criminals usually do their stuff at night? Why? Because under the cloak of darkness, nobody's going to see us. Not at that house. <laughs> Boom! You can't even get within... 70 feet of that place before all of a sudden you're just lit up with lights. You want the devil on the run in your life? Just bring God's light into what you're battling. Memorize scripture, quote scripture, pray scripture. The light will push away the darkness. And sometimes that light exposes some stuff that's kind of ugly in our lives too, and that's okay. We say, thank you, Lord. Thanks for showing me that this is this is something I feel inclined to do or that I'm drawn this way, prone to wander, how I feel it, prone to leave the Lord I love, like this song sings. The light draws us, directs us, defends us, delivers us. The light also drives us. Say it, the light drives us. That's maybe not the best word because it sounds a little forceful, but in John 1.4, the gospel, in him was life, John writes, in him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. This is a description of 
ultimate purpose. You know, everyone's looking for purpose in their life. And I meet people, I have a letter on my desk that I'm praying for how I'm going to respond to this because as a person, that's ah, too long of a story, I can't tell it. But, but I, I'm burdened that this person thinks they're discovering their ultimate purpose after they've searched through all this stuff and they really haven't searched the gospel, they haven't searched Christianity. They've bundled it all into this picture of organized religion and they've just kicked it out the door. And I'm praying for how the Holy Spirit might use words of kindness and graciousness to remind the person that I too, like them, am, am completely turned off to organized religion. Because there's nothing with ritual and rote that changes anybody's life. But when the living God comes into our lives and when the living God shines his light on our hearts and gives us the eyes to see his light and then we are drawn to that light which directs our lives and and defends us and delivers us and watch this, drives our lives from from that day forward to live with the ultimate purpose, to live a life that glorifies the Lord. And I pray this person will know it, but I know lots of people who are going to find their purpose in everything else. It's okay that you lived and found a great career and you had a nice house and you raised a family. It's, it's, those are all worldly, human niceties. Maybe you'll have that, maybe you won't. I know a lot of people in the world that won't have any of that either. But I'll tell you what, when you come and engage with the living God who gave his son Jesus and that Spirit of Jesus comes into your life through faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in to live in us and live his life through us. Oh my goodness. Now you're talking about purpose. Now you're talking about everywhere I go, I'm a light post. I'm pointing people to the light. Everywhere I go, I'm a representative of Jesus. I'm on mission every day of my life. Doesn't matter what you do in your career, you are on mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe you'll take your retirement years and you'll travel the globe sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at least part of the time. Whatever you'll do, and even if you don't do that, whatever you do, you'll be a gospel witness because he's given you purpose in life. Well, there's a lot more that we could talk about there, but let me just close with this. The light not only directs, draws, defends, delivers, drives, but watch this, it delights. The light delights. Psalm 18, you, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. You know, some of us feel emotionally, don't close your Bibles, don't put your pages away. Some of us feel emotionally like the weather. We went from summer, fall, to winter in about two days. And suddenly this morning, you got this feeling in your heart like just life is dreary. Life is cold, stiff. Listen to the psalmist. Oh, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. The precepts of the Lord are right giving joy to the heart. They're radiant, giving light to the eyes. Today, if you don't know this one that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, you need to trust in Him. Place your faith in Him. Your life feels like darkness? Let His light burn into your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now.
Lord Jesus, thank you for thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the living word. And thank you that your word brings light to our lives. Lord Jesus, perhaps you brought someone to this service today that realizes that he or she needs a relationship with you. And by your grace, you've revealed yourself. By grace, they've seen the light. That you love them with an everlasting love. That you died to pay the penalty for their sins. That you rose again from the grave to show that you have the power over death. And that today, that person that you've revealed yourself to is now desiring to know you. So Lord, would you place in their hearts right now the faith to believe and trust and invite Jesus, you Jesus, into their hearts. And if that's you, my friend, I'm going to stop in my prayer. I'm going to invite you right now to trust in Christ. No matter who you are, no matter how long you've come to church, if you've never personally embraced the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, pray this prayer quietly right where you sit. In your heart to the Lord, he'll hear your prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've lived in darkness. But by faith, I believe that you paid for my sin. And by your death and your resurrection, I can experience forgiveness of sins and the power to live a new life. Please, Lord Jesus, come in. Have your way in me. And before I finish my prayer this morning, I don't do this every week, but I feel compelled today. I don't know why. I'm just going to ask if there's anyone here today, but while your heads are bowed, just would slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I, I prayed that prayer this morning. Is there anyone in the ground floor area I can just join in praying for you? Yes, sir, I see that hand. Is there someone else? Yes, right down here in front. Amen, right over here on the side, yes. Anyone else? Up there in the back, amen. Over here on the side, amen, I see you. In the balcony area, anyone there? I may not even see your hand. It's the important thing is that the Lord would see it. Your heart today. Is there anyone? I see that hand, man. Yes. Anyone? Yes. Up there in the corner. Praise God. Up there, yes. Way up in the back. Amen. Lord, see these hands and these hearts. And Lord, if it's really that simple that we say yes to you and begin following you, then Lord, assure these individuals today that by showing the light, you would now draw them to keep seeking the light. Thank you for the season of Advent, Lord. Thank you for the miracle of new birth that we've witnessed right here this morning by the power of your gospel. And we ask, Lord, that in these final moments of this service, as we respond, as we give, as we worship, that you'll keep us in a sense of worship, that we won't think about anything else in this day but what's happening right here, right now. And we give you praise and honor. Amen. I'm going to ask us to stay in a spirit of prayer, but I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward right now. And please don't disturb the people to your right or left by just trying to jump out and get a rush on the parking lot. Let this be a moment for all of us. We've got time in our service yet. We're going to bring this offering, whatever you bring today, for the ministry in Myanmar that started today. But we're at the right time Pastor Paul will have a stand, but we'll sing before we stand. Let's worship the Lord. Let's thank him for his goodness. Lord, 
be very present in these final moments, I ask. For those that are struggling with issues, may your light shine onto their hearts. Give them hope, Lord, this morning. We worship you, Lord. We bring these gifts and pray that thousands of people in Myanmar will come to know you, Jesus. And we'll probably never meet them in this life, but someday we will, Lord. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for giving us the privilege to serve together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear additional messages or you're interested in finding out more about Neighborhood Church, please visit our website at threecrosses.org. That's the number three, crosses.org.